Broadcasting live from the Gens Water Pump and Drilling Studios, this is 95.9 The Big Dog. WICL-FM, Williamsport, Charlestown, Waynesboro. A WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too. Let's go, guys. It's a game. We'll ground these guys up and turn them into a little bitty evil meatball. It's about to get ugly. Got gun, both left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie, Omaha. We're good. It's time for the Ernie McCook Show. Live from Captain Bender's Tavern on 95.9 The Big Dog. Captain Bender's Tavern, more than your average tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Now let's talk some Rams football. And it is the Ernie McCook Show live from Captain Bender's Tavern here on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's uh, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone hanging out with you. But, of course, the man of honor is Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook. The special tonight on Burger Night uh, is the four cheeseburgers. So you might want to close your ears if you're lactose intolerant. Uh, it's an eight-ounce burger topped with four cheese, American Swiss, cheddar, provolone, served with French, uh, French fries for the bargain price of $15. And that's certainly something I'm going to have before this night is over. And we appreciate you all making us a part of your uh, Thursday afternoon. Uh, but Coach McCook joining us. Coach, how are you on this Thursday evening? Uh, great. It's good to be here tonight. Uh, we've had a fun week of practice, and I think our guys have done a nice job preparing and looking forward to kicking off Military Appreciation Day and Senior Day. Absolutely. It, it seemed as though there was a, a collective sigh of relief after last week's game, and we'll get into the game specifically. You know, big expectations. Everybody knew it was going to be at stake, a very quality program, and certainly it was a game that went the Rams' way. So were you somebody that took in that collective sigh of relief when it was all zeros on the clock? Uh, I don't know. If that would, i tell you what, I enjoyed the victory. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun all night long. Um, it was a great win. It was great to watch our defense fly around. Watch us excel in special teams. Watch our offense have great balance. So I thought it was a great team win. It was something we all needed uh, after a tough loss on the road two weeks ago, and um, it was a complete football game against a really good football team. Well, as we start to get this broken down, Coach, uh, let's start with that first touchdown because, you know, we've been calling them the, the Bash Brothers on our broadcast, and Jester and Fisher have been clearing a lot of open space this year in their tight end position and doing a lot of selfless, you know, uh, two of the best blocking tight ends you'd have to say in the conference. It was nice to see week one, of course, Fisher with the big touchdown to win the game, and then it was nice to see Jester get into the end zone for a first time, Brian get that touchdown and be rewarded for some of the, the stellar work he's put in this season. Well, you know, Brian's made a lot of plays all year long and uh, has gotten better week in and week out. Uh, the things you saw away from him catching the football were spectacular. Uh, I, th- I was really pleased with how he's progressed at that position. But for him to get that touchdown, he was actually a decoy. And uh, <laughs> they, they, they locked on to Cordell. And uh, Brian was a- Seth was able to find him, gave him a big body ball. It wasn't an easy catch. Brian had to go up and get it, uh, pull it down, and uh, was in the end zone for the first score, which was great to have. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about the red zone packages and how creative that you guys get when you're at that point of the field. You're dealing with a first-year quarterback, a first-year running back, guys that, you know, haven't been starters at tight end, you know, new skill position guys. Are you pretty happy with you? Because as we've established, you guys have a pretty deep playbook when it comes to the red zone, how that part of your offense has evolved. You know, I, I think we try to be creative, but we also try to be give us the ability to to play fast. Uh, we don't. I, I'm a big believer in don't put in a lot of new things. Just try and window dress things that you already do. And 
and we did that uh, that concept that you saw if you broke it down in uh, earlier games you would have seen it in different personnel groupings so we felt we could dress that up uh, and we the guys that I think we had out there at the time um, I think Malachi was the outside receiver uh, and then Brian was the inside receiver number two and then number three was Cordell so we we tried to you know, without getting into too much game plan, but we try to get, bait them into a big personnel grouping and get the matchup that we wanted, either with Malachi or Cordell. And Brian was really just supposed to eat, eat you know, what we call it a, a log route, mm. um, a love of the game route. You know, you take <laughs> the game. And uh, he uh, ended up being open, and it was a tight window. And uh, he went up and got the ball and uh, pulled it down. It wasn't easy and made a great play. Well, Coach, you mentioned a tight window. And the, the other touchdown I want to talk about before we kind of talk about this game from a broad perspective uh, was Barry Hill's catch. from. I mean, that was as tight of a window as it can be. You know, yeah. we were kind of joking on the broadcast. You know, people would say that that's a Tyson Bajan-esque throw. But really, that's a Seth Morgan-type throw. I mean, he yeah. put it in a perfect spot. Barry's only five foot nine, but he made just a perfect play on the ball. And Barry went up and got that ball, too, and was a little, like, out of, out of sorts and he showed what a great athlete he is, what great hands he has, how he can go up. and got his body. He, If I tried to turn my body the way he did, uh, <laughs> somebody would have to walk me to my car. So I, he was, I thought it was a great play by Barry. I thought the protection held up very well. Um, but that was, a, that was a shot in arm. I, th- I think that touchdown was like two minutes left and a half, three minutes left and a half. Mm-hmm. So we talk about always wanting to win the middle eight, the last four minutes of the first half, the first four minutes of the second half. And uh, that was a, that was a score that we really wanted. Well, you know, broad strokes looking at this game, Coach, uh, and a couple other plays we'll talk about here in just a moment. But you know, we talked about how vaunted this rushing attack was for East Stroudsburg and how great they were stopping the run defensively. A complete role reversal for you, able to put 200 yards on them and then hold them to 70 yards rushing. I mean, just complete domination on both sides in the crowd game. You'd have to say. You know, watching the energy that our team played with in all three phases was really something you strive for with a coach. That, that's what you want to see. You want to see guys running to the football. You want to see guys playing to the echo of the whistle. You want to see that great effort and energy holistically throughout our, our team. And, and we had that, and I think that was, a lot, that was a big reason we were able to win against a very quality opponent. And one of my biggest takeaways from this game was how dominant it is to have a fifth wide receiver lining up at running back when you're in a spread set with Malachi Brown. There's so many times I was watching the game, it was third and medium, third and long situations where Seth Morgan goes back to throw, and a lot of times East Stroudsburg brings pressure, and Malachi Brown is sitting in the middle of his own defense and breaks away and gets a first down. Just how, how valuable that is to an offense to have that as a third down, a guy who you can check it down to and be able to get a first down. Yeah, and a lot of times, like if you go back to our uh, last year, I think our longest pass play from scrimmage was a check down to Ronnie Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I if I go back and look at that again, and that, that's that that just shows you how. How much of a weapon the check down to a running back? You know, you got the, you got receivers running, clearing things out. You got the defensive line trying to put great pressure, and then there's that running back in his check down spot with a lot of space in front of him and behind him. And uh, you know, Malachi's a great guy to have the ball in his hand with space. And um, you know, we're uh, and it was credit to Seth too. You know, that, that takes discipline on the quarterback spot 
to be able to look downfield, look downfield, not see what you feel comfortable put throwing the ball, and then going to your check down. That takes maturity on his part, and that takes a whole concept part of what you want to try to do. Absolutely. So you touched down, scored. Of course, you had two rushers go over 100 yards in Jordan Barnett and Malachi Brown, Jeremiah Taylor, another fantastic performance. But, you know, another individual performance I wanted to ask you about, Coach uh, Naeem Alexander. You know, one of the differences statistically between this year's team and last year's is, you know, last year's team scored so many defensive touchdowns. And it's great to see a game. You talk about just a complete momentum shifter. Uh, any thought of East Stroudsburg coming back in that game was just completely taken away by Naeem, makes a play in the ball, gets a convoy down the sideline, something that Parker Stone brought up on the broadcast, that your guys do a really good job identifying when they've gone from defense yeah. to offense, and now they need to yeah. start clearing lanes for Alexander to take that one to the house. You know, as a coach, our, our defensive coaches do a great job of, you know, teaching, coaching uh, takeaways. And they really emphasize it. They stress it. When they don't, when we don't get takeaways in a ball game, you know, our defensive coaches are really stressed out. And they do a tremendous job in practice in creating a takeaway, takeaway you know, con- mindset. And, you know, a lot of times, like, you, you get a, a DB, like, Naeem made that pick, and then a lot of times that their, their, their mind goes to, Oh, I'm an athlete. I can run back across the field, or I could do this. Uh, but Naeem did exactly what his coach do, because that's why it looked like there was because everybody else is coached to. If there's a turnover on this sideline, everybody runs to that sideline, same sideline, and we try and puncture the um, puncture the uh, the opposing offense to turn the ball over. And you know, one of the things you know I looked at, I remember looking at it. I was like, you know, you got to try and block the 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 intended receiver because a lot of times that's the guy who ends up making the tackle Mm -hmm. the dude that's the target and uh but you know i thought it was a great job by naeem i thought it was great effort energy you know it's kind of like you know to be able to score in all three phases really help it's hard to lose when you score in all three phases right mm-hmm. and mentioning all three phases coach i mean i'm asking you a very obvious question here but this is a high profile matchup that you guys were able to not just win but win comfortably you know is it kind of a coaching nirvana when you're sitting on the sideline everything's clicking the game plan that you put in for the entire week you're executing in all three phases and you're beating a really really good team by multiple scores i mean is it it must feel good to sit on the sideline in the fourth quarter and look up and see that scoreboard and see everything we installed this week seems to be working. It, it was, it was, it's great to watch execution. You know, our, the, any coach works really hard at trying to develop game plans. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, it, we write a thesis every week. You know, we grab data from our opponent. We study the data. We then practice the data, which would be, I guess, you know, your, your, with the research you're doing. Um, it's been a while since I've talked about the pieces. But, you know, it, it is a process. So when things are working that you worked on and our players are executing it, and as I tell you what, as satisfying it is for me as a coach and our coaching staff, it's even more satisfying for the guys that are out there executing. I was watching the tape, and we, we scored on a, a power play, a run play, and Ty Lucas was the guy leading up and through. We we put the ball in the end zone, and I see him pointing at me on the sidelines, right? And he is like, ah. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think what he was saying to me, but 
I don't think he was saying nice things to me. I think he was calling me out for challenging him. No, but it was um, it was it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. I think, Coach, one of the biggest things I took away from it as well, just this defense, for as much as they have been battle-tested this year with the injuries in the secondary, people have had to step up, like Dante Harrison being out with injury and Elio Pena for a spell. Dwayne Grantham's had a couple games he's missed. It's always next man up. And I asked Naeem about this after the game. I asked him, what's it like being called up, cut, get your number, called at a moment's notice. And he said that's what started in the preseason. Everybody knew it was an opportunity for them to make a play. And you look at the box score, Baxter eats a lot of space, six tackles in a sack. Miles Greer, who I was really impressed as an open field tackler in this game, I thought he did fantastic at that. And just all these just the names on and on, Cedric Afora, Richie Aguilar, the names just keep going on and on in a collective defensive performance that led to what happened against East Stroudsburg. Yeah, our, our defense played, I mean, they obviously played great. And, you know, just, just you know, like Naeem, you can say it's the next man up, but he's been a pretty key part of our mm. team for the last two years. And it's it's basically when we need somebody to step up, the next guy does have to step up. But that's part of the culture that we want to have in our program. Not only Not only developing the guys that are like the number two guy, not only developing them to be able to play when they need to play, it also creates competition. And when you have competition at each position, you're making each other better. And you're getting, you're, you know, the, the guy who's the starter, if he's feeling pressure by number two, he is 100% saying, man, I don't want to lose playing time. I better work harder. I better be more focused. Competition is healthy. It's good for us. It makes you better, and it makes you better in anything that you do. It could be competition in the classroom. It could be competition to be the best dad you can possibly be, you know. I mean, think of, you, you take a dad that's got a bunch of kids, man, and he's got to try and take care of that one and that one and that one and make them all feel good. You're eventually going to be a really good dad because you're going to either discipline them the right way or do, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of a, a proud father. <laughs> I, got a, I got a little bit off. No, I like that. I like, <laughs> no, that. I like it. It's like a comparison. Uh, speaking of a, a proud father, uh, Monty Cater, of course, in attendance with the field being named oh, after yeah. him. You know, a little bit of an added pressure to win on the, the day that the field was dedicated <laughs> to Monty there. At the, and, of course, you had a great moment with him at halftime. That would have been my – that was probably the – you know, obviously to stay in the playoff race, uh, to win after a tough loss – but to me, the number one thing I personally wanted us to do was win on Monty Cater Day. Um, when I, you know, when Dr. Hendricks said, "Hey, this is the date we're doing it," I looked at it, and then as I saw East Stroudsburg, I knew they were had a really good football team. I was like, "Oh man, we better play well." Oh man, we gotta, you know, because you know what Coach Cater means to Shepherd University, to our athletic department, and our football program. You know, I I can't tell you how. How much making that a day that he enjoyed, him his family enjoyed, because he deserves every honor that man could get. He is a class individual, and to answer your question, yes, there was pressure on me. <laughs> I did not want to lose that football game on Monty Cater Day. Well, Monty Cater Day ended with a 43-17 Ram victory, uh, and uh, the Rams are now moving into Week 11, the final week of the regular season, to take on Mercyhurst uh, and a chance to pick up their ninth one of the season. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to hear from four, count them, four members of the Shepherd football team, some specialists in the house tonight. We'll talk a little bit more about them in the next segment. And, uh, of course, it is the four cheeseburger, the special tonight here at Captain Bender's Tavern, uh, an eight-ounce burger topped with American Swiss cheddar provolone served with French fries for the bar. 
bargain price of $15 uh, all the way until close here at Captain Bender's Tavern uh, in Sharpsburg, Maryland. Break the take. You're listening to the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Welcome back. Captain Bender's Tavern here in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Again, the four cheese cheeseburger is the special tonight here at Captain Bender's. It's hanging out with you with the uh, Casanova of Martinsburg, Parker Stone in attendance as well. And uh, uh, Coach Ernie McCook, uh, a man of the people as always, I don't think that was your parole officer that called you during the break there. But, uh, no. uh, of course, it sounds as though we've got another listener tuning into the McCook Show right now, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from Annapolis, Maryland. There we go. There you yeah, go. The McElhaney family, hope for their, their logging on and listening to the Ernie McCook show talking about Shepherd football. Wait, what's better to talk about Shepherd football? And then well, I'm sure we're going to talk about Tyson Bajan. I'm, I'm well, you just see yeah. what a segue. Yeah. He's a professional yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, coach. Obviously you're going to spend some time watching that game tonight, right? I am. No question about it. You know, it was interesting today. I had to run an errand. So I'm driving and I get this phone number from, uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right? All right. Okay. Yeah. And I pick it up and say, hello. She goes, coach McCook, this is, Kaylee Hartung, the sideline reporter for oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. And she goes, I got your number from my good friend Melissa Stark. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of chuckled about that one. And then, uh, so then she just obviously wanted some information about Tyson and just talk about his time and everything like that. And so it was really cool. But she's sitting there talking to me like, oh, Kirk. Curb Street really loves Tyson, and Al Michaels, once he gets started on him, it's going to be really exciting. And I'm sitting there thinking, I, I'm in a conversation talking about our guy, Tyson Bajan, but we're talking about somebody I've watched on football, watching pro football and college football for the last 20 years. So I, 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 that was kind of a, I had a kind of a, oh, oh wow, that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah. Absolutely, and with that too, we dug up this stat. This is the first time in NFL history that from the same year, a Heisman Trophy winner and a Harlan Hill winner are going to be playing each other. It's a fantastic story. Bryce Young, the rookie, the number one overall pick from yeah. Alabama, faces Tyson Bagent from Shepard University, Harlan <laughs> Hill winner, an undrafted free agent. It's a story that writes itself, and it's going to be fantastic. Wait till that Harlan Hill winner outduels the Heisman Trophy winner. The Bama boy. And, yeah. And, and the Bears win. Go Bears. <laughs> the Bears. I'm the Bears tonight, baby. Let's go Bears. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be kicking off. Off here in about uh, 20 minutes. By the way, you can come watch it. They're going to be playing it here at Captain Bender's Tavern where you can also catch uh, the tail end of the Ernie McCook Show. Well, Coach, uh, before we let you go, and of course we'll have you back on to talk about the Mercyhurst game and maybe talk a little bit more about Tyson, but it seems as though we've the given up a, a significant portion each week to talking about special teams and for yeah. good reason. The four individuals that we're going to be talking tonight, uh, Garrett Hutchinson of course a long time holder for this team, Ryan Barrick is currently uh, his career high you know, knock on wood, uh, in, in yards per punt. Uh, had a really good performance from start to finish this season for James Bozick although he missed his first field goal of the year, we won't talk about that. And uh, Zach Fry as well one of the best long snappers in the country. I mean you know, you've got yourself certainly one of the best special teams coordinators in college football and some really good specialists they give you a pretty significant advantage every week. Well, I, I think all four of those guys that we're talking about have been major contributors to our success this year. Uh, we we don't win the football games we've won if it wasn't for their contributions and what they bring to our team. And those guys have been there. They do a great job at doing their job. And uh, their jobs sometimes aren't, you know, you're not going to see it on a stat sheet. And you'll see Bozik and you'll see Ryan. Um, you know, but what what Garrett Hutchinson 
and Zach Fry do um, are really spectacular, and they're in all four of them what they do for our program and help us win. And they are, I, I wouldn't, they are as good as anybody in the country at what we ask them to do. And uh, we're very fortunate with, with who they are and stuff like that. And they're also probably very entertaining. I hope so. You know, yeah, we'll I think find out. I think you're really going to enjoy talking to them. I, I can't wait to see who's going to be the alpha talker. I'm not sure. <laughs> somehow I'm, I'm, I know who I'm going to pick, but I'm, I'm going to have to figure that one out. But, you know, a lot of times I stay close. So if they something goes sideways and they, <laughs> you know, I can come in and help them with some softball tosses. These dudes will be just fine. Awesome. Well, uh, speaking of, Garrett Hutchinson, Ryan Barrick, James Bozick, and Zach Fry, we're going to talk to them. Coming up on the other side of this break is you're listening to the Ernie McCook Show uh, on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Welcome back inside Captain Bender's Tavern. It's the Ernie McCook Show here on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone hanging out with you and now joined by four fine young individuals from the Shepherd football team. And Garrett Hutchinson, this year's starting holder. Ryan Barrett, controversially top three beard on the team, i got to say, for my boy over there. Uh, and then we're also joined uh, by long snapper Zach Fry and uh, kicker James Bozick as well. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we all doing? We're sharing some mics today. We're going old school. I, I'm sorry about that, but... Uh, um, let's start with the, the hardest question I'm going to ask you tonight. What did you guys get to eat? I had uh, wet wings. All right. How was it? Uh, they were fantastic. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Anybody else take the question? I had the dry Old Bay wings. The dry were Old also Bay wings. fantastic. Is there a difference between the dry and the wet Old Bay wings? The wet are so hot, I can't feel my lips. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great thing to eat right before you come on the radio, guys. All right. I think we got those sound issues uh, figured out. Um, well, let's go ahead and start with this. I want to start with Zach, one of the more interesting positions in the football field, and it's uh, a position that uh, uh, you started playing, of course, I'm sure, in high school, and then uh, started at Notre Dame before coming to Shepherd University. Uh, talk about the process of coming from Notre Dame to Shepherd, and uh, what drew you as a long snapper to enter the transfer portal and come play in Shepherdstown? Um, not surprised this question came up, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, I went to Notre Dame for three years, got my undergrad there, uh, had a pretty good experience. But uh, I kind of wanted to move on and uh, explore a uh, new opportunity and get my MBA. And I actually played at Shepherd, and I just saw how amazing the atmosphere was. And, um, you know, I just decided that uh, I wanted to come here and play so and get my MBA. Well, uh, long snapping, I mean, uh, where, how did you get started? Oh, yeah, with that now, um, you know, I was in high school, and um, I kind of just fell into it. My uh, father, he was the one who kind of, like, pushed me to do it, and then I ended up pretty much really liking it, and, um, you know, I got offered by Notre Dame, and I've been here since. All right, very good, very good. Uh, well, turning that conversation back to Garrett as well, right, because you also came out of the portal, if that's correct. Yep. Uh, you started your career at Randolph-Macon. Why did you pick Shepard as well? Um, it was hard um, in Randolph-Macon's defense. It was hard with uh, COVID and all that. Sure. So we, we couldn't do much, and um, I was actually I was pretty close with Ty Hyatt, the old OC, and I, I texted him after – hitting the portal, and he offered me a spot, and I jumped on it. So. Well, talk about, the, I guess, the stresses of playing that position because it's a position that sometimes people will take for granted unless a mistake is made. I mean, you've got to get it right every single time. I mean, yep. What's that kind of like? I mean, it's, it's, it's all right. I got, I got Zach here, so he makes my <laughs> job easy, and then so the rest just kind of takes care of itself. 
All right, perfect, perfect. Also joined as well uh, by the punter of this year's team and Ryan Barrick, and again, a fantastic beard that he's got with him as well. Thank you. Um, you know, punting, was it a calling for you? When did you know that you were born to be a punter? Uh, I grew up playing soccer, so uh, there you I, go. I went the soccer player route. Uh, in high school, I decided to play football. My older brothers both played at uh, Tuscarora, so I wanted to play football too. Um, and yeah, kind of just fell into it as well. Like, they needed a punter. They needed a kicker, so I'll, I'll do it. I could kick it far. And then I kind of just developed throughout high school, got better. And uh, You know, now that we have a, a punter with us right now, I'm curious to ask you this question because it's it's not just as a, a simple position as average yards per kick. Yeah. I mean, you know, what is the stat that we should be using to judge, you know, the talent of a punter? That, I mean, for us, I mean, our offense is good enough that a lot of our punters kind of just the pooches, the trying, right. trying to pin them. So a lot of those inside the 10, inside 20, inside 5, um, which this year has been a, lot, been a lot better for me and just our guys getting down there. Uh, so, yeah, other than the average, that fair <laughs> catches, always a good stat. Uh, and yeah, inside twenty, inside ten. Well, and I, I have to assume that Zach's one of the better long snappers that you played with, yeah, right? Puts it right on the money every definitely. time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Real question I was wondering is, you hear all the cheering. What's the like being the one position when you come onto the field? Sometimes people boo when you come onto the field. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like coming onto the field, sometimes like I'm running past guys on the offense that are like, they're just pissed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I just got to go out there and do. Do the job. <laughs> well, and I got to ask you this question too. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen Shepard at least in the last two years fake a punt. I mean, are, yeah. are we are we able to put the ball in the air here? Can I, you sling it a little I, bit? I'm able to for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll see if it if it comes. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, and of course, we're also joined. Man, feedback's killing us today. Uh, James Bozick, the kicker for this year's Shepard football team. Talk about some added pressure of being a holder, being a long snapper, trying to get everything right. A perfect seven for seven. Going into the East Stroudsburg game, missed your first kick of the season. I, I hate to lead off with such a tough question. Did it kind of feel good to get that miss out of the way? I mean, what was kind of your thought process there? It did. I would rather have a fluke earlier in the season before playoffs and sure. stuff. Because, again, playoffs kicking is going to be huge. So I didn't want to give myself the one miss, but I'll allow myself to have the one miss as just a learning thing, I guess, get the, get the moment out of the way. But going into playoffs, 100%. So. Well, we'll talk about what got you into kicking. I mean, for a lot of people, it's a soccer background. Was it for you as well? Yeah, along with uh, Ryan, it was soccer. It was actually kind of weird. Um, coach moved to Brazil. My team dismantled and stuff. <laughs> Going into high school. I hate, I hate when that happens. Yeah, you know, so um, start playing O-line freshman year. Then <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to give you the whole back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how, how big is a, is a freshman James Bozik as, a, as oh, an offensive line? So they thought tall meant big. So, I see, yeah, I see. 6'2", everything, but I was probably solid like 170. So Agile. one into that, but then I, was, I didn't know anything about football at that point. Still now I'm a little naive to football terms and stuff. But I was like, okay, I'm going to catch the ball. So uh, sophomore year, I was like, all right, I'm going to try tight end. Didn't play, but I was like, coach, I want to do something. Again, soccer background. They had me do kickoffs. I didn't understand what I was doing. Just kicked that as hard as I could. Then we have junior year. COVID, really hard. I had to play six games. Right before that season, I started um, working with my kicking coach, Paul Woodside. Um, but again, it was very short, maybe a month before the season. So I, I still didn't really know what I was doing. I'm not gonna lie, kind of embarrassing stat. I was 50% on extra points, had no field goal. It was terrible. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. But right after that, I was like, dude, this is what I want to do in college. Worked the whole summer, going to my senior year. Um, no field goals my senior year, only extra points. 
luckily I got the offer from Shepard, and I was like, hey, let's do it. Well, I, I think one of the coolest things about being a kicker or a place kicker is, I mean, you're the guy that gets the game started. You know, so take me through. You're walking out Ram Stadium, 4,000 people. They're chanting, ready for you to kick the game off. What's that feeling like? So the biggest thing people, I guess, fail to realize um, with most kickers, I guess, specialists in general, uh, it's not the ner- I don't get nervous in the crowd. Um, main thing for us is we're going against ourselves. Um, how you ask, what do you look for in a punt? Um, Say you hit a really far punt, but it's a line drive. Whole crowd's, oh, wow, super long punt, but we're here like, man, it was line drive, no hang time. For me, so, uh, again, first year kicking these field goals, I might have made some of them, but it's like, oh, I hit it off my toe, right. didn't go as high as I wanted. So, again, with these kickoffs, um, I'm really going against myself. I'm like, I want this to be in the end zone. So, again, I've had a few mess-ups. That's not, oh, there's so many people in the crowd. It's, man, I was really looking, I was really locked in. I want to hit it hard, get it far, and then, that's just one thing I've been working on during the season. Um, hopefully this next game I'm going to be completely locked in and stuff with all my kicks, hit the balls I want to hit. But, yeah. It's, it's certainly been a fantastic season. But i got to ask, Garrett, did you know when the ball was snapped that that was going to be a missed kick? No, no. And actually, <laughs> it, it was going in, I think. It was, it, it was, it was going in. in. It, just, it just tailed off at the last second. Well, you know, for a lot of you guys figuring out the position of special teams and, you know, in the high school ranks, I'm sure it's unique. I mean, I'm assuming that you guys didn't have full-time special teams coordinators in high school, right? Anybody can take this question. I mean, what's it like coming to the collegiate level? Special teams is truly a third aspect of the game, and you guys have got one of the best coordinators you'd have to say in the country. Uh, I was it for sure. Coach Wright. He's in there. I just uh, would for sure say uh, Coach Wright is one of the best coordinators. Um, the big thing about special teams is – Especially in college, it's details. You know, um, that's the biggest thing. Technique. Mm. Um, it truly becomes like a third phase of the game. In high school, it's not really a third phase of the game. I mean, you see returns with dudes who are just athletes, but there's just not as much detail put into it of setting up returns, uh, blocking punts, um, just all of them. You have to do just a lot of detail, a lot of install. And it's crazy because, uh, like with the defense, they got the DBs coach. Coach Wright has – there's guys on kickoff who play tight end. Mm. There's guys on kickoff who play DB. There's guys on punt who play receiver. So he's dealing with every single position group, and it's got to put personnel charts and everything together. Uh, for we can be great at that. And he's done great all year, which has been great for us as a team. Absolutely. Now, well, before we finish, of course, with the legendary Parker Stone's two-minute drill, I want to make sure I got this right. So none of you four guys have a career tackle yet, right? Is that true? Uh, I have one. Yeah. Oh, you have one. Okay. Uh-oh. So the guy that didn't play football until he was a freshman in it high school. It wasn't tackle. a true tackle. Okay. It was against Edinburgh. It was a kickoff. Um, he, just, he just got in his way. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you I were ready for it, him. He, he flew out of bounds. Um, <laughs> almost had two, but he kind of bounced off him. Well, that's good to hear. I have plenty of time left in the season, guys, for you to get those tackles in the season. All right, I'll yield the floor to Parker Stone. I'm going to ask you guys some rapid-fire questions before I let you go. All right, the uh, ongoing question we ask everyone that apparently doesn't exist, who is your bus buddy on rides up for road trips? Who are you guys sitting with? It's it's us four, Ryan and Zach are together, and me and, me and James. I love together. the chemistry here. Are you guys, are you guys rooming together, too, we're, on the road? We're roommates, too. Yep. Love that. Oh, love that. Awesome. Love that. I, I'm more shocked that actually somebody sits with each other hey, on the bus you know, than anything you know, else. What a surprise. Yeah, All right. Do any of you guys have a specific pregame tradition, like something you like to do before every game? This is going to sound really, really weird. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. But I asked Surrey to say three numbers, one through ten. 
I have no clue why. But okay. I've done it every single game. What were last game's numbers? Uh, four, six, and eight. There you really. go. Okay. Sounds like you need to go out and buy a lottery ticket. I have to. Nobody else. Uh, the, the, the special teamers just no like superstitious things. Just normal like trying to get my hands right for the game, like getting ready. <laughs> Nothing superstitious. Fair enough. Me. Fair enough. Best and worst field you've played on, excluding Ram Stadium. So the best and worst fields you've played on. Turf, at least Edinburgh. I'm sorry, that was it. Was it was, <laughs> it was rough? I don't, I don't know what it. What about it? I could not get the ball up very high off the ground. Well, so you got a soccer background, right? Although I, I know we play in a lot of artificial turf here in the states, but I have a feeling you'd probably rather kick off natural grass, right? Uh, I haven't played like the only times is during camps junior year. Mm-hmm. And again, I can't really tell a difference from like striking the ball. But Edinburgh, I don't know if it was just. Then something I couldn't get my foot under the ball. That's why he was angry. That's why he made the tackle. Anybody else? Best and worst fields. I think the best I think we'd agree on is Colorado. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's been a popular yeah. answer. Dude, could you guys tell? See, we ask everybody about the altitude and the things like that, but you guys are putting the ball in the air. Ryan, could you tell a difference punting there and a yeah. little bit thinner air? Yeah. There's definitely a difference. Like, way more hang. Like, I, so, the, so that one's going on the huddle highlights is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. All right. The, uh, who gets the ox in you guys' position group? Who's got the best music taste? This is controversial because they're all in the they, room at the same time. They never time. let yeah. us get the ox in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but if they did, if they did, the best taste. We all have four completely different tastes. All right, so, so let's, okay. let's, let's work well, around the room. Taste? Yeah, taste? What, I'm country. I, all I listen to is country. Okay. So. Are, we, are we talking like uh, we talking like uh, Hank country? Or are we talking like yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the old oh, the, the the 90s, 90s. The old stuff. country. Yep. Okay, big 95.9, the big dog fan here. So from what I understand, there we go. What about you, Zach? What, 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 what are we bumping in the locker room? Um. I like everything, to be honest, but... He's a renaissance man. Me and Barrett kind of have the same tastes, so... Okay. Well, okay. Maybe we'll go off Barrett's. All right, what do we, what hey, what we got? I've, I've got a wide range of tastes. <laughs> like. do, do you have a favorite song right now? Right now? I've been listening to a lot of Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. okay. It's that okay. time of the year. Big Billy Corgan guy. That I like time that. of the year. Like Shout out to Chicago. Okay. Uh, country, again, coming up, just already listened to in the past year. I'm glad I did coming to Shepherd out in West Virginia. There you so go. can bond with some other people and stuff. But other than that, it's just well-rounded playlist, I guess. It's off to ask, is it more of a uh, Luke Bryan, Luke Holmes type of country? More yeah, than like pop country. Not All right, really so, and now, now we understand why you guys are not getting the ox in the locker. <laughs> I think we've gotten to the bottom of the problem here. <laughs> All right, if you suited up on your school's junior varsity basketball team, how many points do you think you're scoring? Me and Ryan talk about this. Pretty much daily. Uh, we, we we think there's nobody in the country that could stop us. No. All right. Okay. So, so so why is that? I mean, we'll give me some NBA comps for you guys. What's Ooh. your play style? I'm a I'm a Wemby. All around, all around just free. Just you're you're seven foot level. four center. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. I just hang out in the corner and shoot. So. All right. All right. All right. Limitless range. All what right. about uh, you guys, James, Zach? How many points are we putting up today? Oh, geez, that. <laughs> I did play AAU for a very long time. Uh-oh. If anybody was wondering, um, well, give I us an NBA really comp for good. you. Who's, um, who's your NBA comp? Me, I'm like uh, probably like a mix of Larry Bird with shooting. <laughs> I can rebound like uh, Barkley. I'm as physical as Shaq. Um, and I just have that. Is, is this star you or is this your LeBron. 2K My Player we're talking yeah, about? So this is me in the flesh. Uh, 
Garrett was about to take the mic and explain this. I do not watch sports or know anything about any other sports. I don't, I don't even know how I'd answer that. So question. they just put you in a room and turn the light off when yeah. it's not time to kick. Is that what that <laughs> he, he just threw his first power pass last week. Did you? Yeah, really? That's what, we're learning on, that's what we're working on in practice. Congratulations. The free time we have. <laughs> All right, is there a pro player you like to model your game after if you have one, someone you like to watch, try and model yourself from? Besides Shaq and Charles Barkley. I mean, is, is there, is there a, 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 football-wise, a Mount Rushmore of NFL long snappers, Zach? I mean, who, who's, like, who's, who's the you? GOAT? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, personally, the GOAT, John Weeks from the Texans. Of course. Okay. He's been doing it for, like, 15 years. And, like, I think he's still doing it. He's, like, it's crazy. Uh, Luke Rhodes is pretty good. He's, like, a CrossFit guy, so he looks like a linebacker, so it's insane. Mm. I like Charlie Huguet from the Browns. He used to play tight end. And then I got to go with Cameron Cheeseman from the Commanders because I know him. Awesome, awesome. That's awesome. an all-time name, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Ryan's got an opportunity to say the answer that I think everybody that's from the state of West Virginia wants Ooh. to hear. So Pat McAfee. Of course. Hey, it's yeah. got to be Pat hey, McAfee. Yeah. I'm a Ravens fan, though, so I grew up watching Sam Cooke for a lot of years. be really good. And then we just drafted Jordan Stout recently, and he's already doing super well. And uh, the Titans got a rookie recently, Ryan Stonehouse. Yeah. And he's my favorite. Awesome. He's, he crushes the ball. Right. Garrett James, anything to add to that? Cristiano Ronaldo uh, from go, James. I could go deep in this, but the first person that really taught me how to kick, Chris Blewett. Not a lot of people are going to know who that is. Uh, he lives in my area, went to Pitt, set some records, I think. Um, one thing about him, not a lot of people are going to know if they don't work with him personally, the dedication. Um, sure. He was working on an Amazon warehouse, got called up to USFL. Wow. Had an amazing season there. Um, again, not a lot of people know. Didn't kick for three months while working on Amazon wow. and stuff. Got there, the coach was like, hey, I want you to kick a 62-yarder in front of everybody during warm-ups, warm live op, everything. Boom, drilled it right down the middle, Goodness. got the spot, had an amazing season. But just, like, the, the fact that he, I think, graduated in 2016 or something, the fact he's still going at it, has the dedication, again, working with him, seeing the confidence in himself. Again, I'm trying to mirror that, have sure. the confidence in myself. Yeah. What's your career long up until this point? I mean, in-game, it's 43, but have you gotten yeah, in from 50-plus? Uh, high school, I have not. I, no field goals in high school. It's just actually. What about practice? What's your longest in practice? Uh, 55. Uh, that was my first at, at a. The coach McCook's pit. writing that down right now. 55 yards this Saturday. Yeah. There you go. Same. Yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yep. Uh oh. Let it be known. There you go. <laughs> you got you got a uh, player you like to model off of Garrett. Um, when I'm kicking, I, I've always admired Harrison Butker and just the way that he approaches the game. Um, so that would probably be mine. All right, if you weren't playing football, what would you be doing or would you be playing a different sport? Uh, again, soccer just as like a hobby, I guess. But I'm majoring in computer science, so again, really just pursuing that degree. Again, I, I just have this drive to be successful outside of sports world and stuff. Yeah, I get Maybe. the sense that this group's going to end up in a pretty high tax bracket combined. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I like what we're rocking with here. What about you, Zach? You're, you're Mr. NBA over there, right? Yeah, that's M with an M. Yeah, um, honestly, I've never really thought about that question, but I probably would be doing something fun. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's good to know. Maybe working by now because I'm like 23, and I just look at all my high school friends, and it was like, wow, they're working. But so are you? I'm still having fun though. So, so you'd like towards the older end of the spectrum for people on the team right now? For sure. Are, are you the oldest, or are you? 
third oldest, maybe? Third oldest? Yeah. Who's, who's oldest right now? It's a great question. Um, <laughs> oh, I think, no. I don't think, I don't know. I is think it, Dwayne might be older than me, or he might it, be. Tune into Saturday's game. We'll get the answer everyone's looking for. I'm not sure, but I know there's like two guys that are older than me, like, who have told me, but I can't think. I think Cedric is. Is he? Corey. We'll have to look into it. All right, how about uh, Garrett and uh, Ryan? What, what would you guys be doing if you weren't playing football? I think in terms of a sport, I'd probably be playing lacrosse. I, okay. I grew up playing and I loved it. And then just one day I just gave it up. I just stopped playing. And <laughs> <laughs> But I love it. Um, me and my dad go out every time I'm home on the weekends and just throw a little cross ball around. Awesome. So. Uh, I probably would have stuck with basketball. I don't know how good I really would have been <laughs> in the at the next level, but – that was my sport, and I kind of put it aside for more punting training. <laughs> the way you were talking, it sounds like you would have been good as Wemby. I, I think I would have been. No. no. He'd be playing for the Spurs right now. He'd be yeah. the first pick in the draft from what I understand. <laughs> All right, and finally, guys, one word to describe your play on the field. Hmm. They're really deep in thought, if you couldn't tell. Smooth. 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 Ryan Focus. Smooth there. Focused. Okay. I like that as well. Technical. Okay. Technical. Concentrated, I guess. All right. Okay. I, I like the multi-syllable words that we're getting from you guys. I really appreciate that. Well, guys, as always, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate what you do. Part of one of the best special teams units in the nation. Uh, and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you for having us All on. All right, guys. Let's give Thank it up you. for these players. It's been fantastic. Let's step aside for just a moment. When we return, we'll be rejoined by Shepard Head football coach Ernie McCook here on 95.9 The Big Dog. It's the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. Final segment of the Ernie McCook Show, live here from Captain Bender's Tavern. Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone hanging out with you as we're now rejoined by Shepherd Head football coach Ernie McCook. And, uh, Coach, you got to take in the conversation from yeah. your specialist there. And uh, you recruited Bozick out of high school knowing that he hadn't kicked a field goal before, or well, in-game. Well, you know what? Uh, James James had come to our camp, mm. and yeah. he, he was, like, killing the ball at our camp, and his mom and dad are alums. So it was the easy recruiting deal for us. Um, each one of them, you know, um, Ryan went to, it was from Tuscarora, and his coach was telling us about him. And you know what, I, I reference to you guys a lot, the Gridiron Genius, mm-hmm. the, book I, the book I love. And they all talk about how important each one of their jobs are, that you need to, um, you need to make sure the best thing about it is, it, it was probably the last position I, I focused on was the long snapping position. But Ryan's freshman year, he was the punter. We knew he would do, be our guy. And we're at Ohio Dominican. And we're in a tight ball game, and I think it's 2021. And there's, there's, the snaps are coming back, and they're spraying back to him. They're low. They're high. They're getting knocked down by Joey Fisher. The whole deal, right? So, I mean, we get through it, and, you know, we're working through it. We found a way to win the game. And when I'm at practice the next week, and and Ryan comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, coach, uh, I got a list of long snappers we might want to recruit." <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, "Don't worry, we'll figure it out for you." And and then the same thing. I'm listening in that book I told you about. And they said, "Brian, uh, Bill Belichick says you better treat a long snapper as important as any position you have in your program." And uh, so Coach Wright was able to find. Zach and um, you know going through the recruiting process with him, but each one of them, you know, like you go each each guy is to me like 
they are in some pressure spots. And I think they all four handle the pressure, doing their job with uh, absolute uh, focus, poise, dependability. And as I think everybody in our program can be appreciative of that. Because what you don't realize is how they make their job, the job that they do, so routine. Hmm. And we only notice it when something catastrophic ha- happens, like a bad snap or a missed field goal. Or, as James would probably tell you, the, the biggest thing fear he probably has is kicking the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. I mean, everybody <laughs> loses their mind. Oh, my God, how'd you do that? And then uh, so we get that. And then, you know, and Ryan, you know, we're sitting there and, I think about probably the pressure he's in when we want to pooch punt it down and pin him down inside the 10-yard line, and he may kick the ball where it goes out of the bounds. And everybody's like, how would you do that? You're supposed you know. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, these guys are, um, you know, it's when they're asked to do jobs that are thankless and unappreciated by a lot of people in the game of football. But what they do is very special and key to our success as a program. Uh, Hutch, just how smooth he is with holding, and um, you know we had a we had a kicker said he wanted to have his own holder. I said, well, you know your old holder might not travel, so if you want to travel, you might want to, <laughs> you know. And then I was it's so needless to say, but I think there's great chemistry with all four guys, and uh, you know they're they you know we're gonna this is Zach's senior year, and this could be his senior game, and we want this to go out right for him and. Uh, make it a good, a good deal for him. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we're running out of time. We have uh, one final question for you in two parts. Uh, scouting your opponent this week in Mercyhurst, it's a, it's a team that can put up some numbers offensively, have their struggles defensively, but have a quarterback that can sling it. And, uh, of course, the people that are going to be in attendance today at Ram Stadium or on Saturday, uh, it's Military Appreciation Day. Yeah. So first, uh, a comment on this week's opponents in Mercyhurst yeah. and then what Military Appreciation Day is going to be like. You know, I, I think it's going to be uh, – you know, we've got to play well. We've got to execute, do the ordinary, make the ordinary play extraordinary. We've got to do the things necessary to win the football game. We've got to make ourselves hard to beat. That means we can't turn the ball over. We have to be able to run to the football and tackle, make them one-dimensional on defense. You know, their quarterback is electric. He does He's, you know, everybody I've talked to in the PSAC has always talked about, man, a quarterback can sling it, the quarterback can sling it. And, you know, we see pictures of that. Defensively, they give us some uh, awkward looks that we haven't seen. So we've got to be able to handle the different looks that we're getting uh, by from their defense. And we need to execute and play our game, focus on this football game, because right now the only team, the only team that can hurt us is Mercyhurst College. And we've got, the, we've got to be focused on executing our game plan in all three phases to be able to find a way to win. That talking about the special things that are going on. One, it's Senior Day. Uh, Zach Fry, Cedric Afori, and Dwayne Grantham, only three seniors. Wow. So the future of Shepherd football is, really looks bright with the guys that are in our roster. Uh, but we want to make sure that those three seniors go out with a win. And then, to me, the, the, one of the coolest things we do at Shepherd University is when we have a home football game where we honor the served our country in the military and they they it's the military and it's those those individuals that serve our country 
that give us the ability to be able to do things like sit here, eat chicken wings, and talk football. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> and uh, I'm very, I'm very thankful for our military. I'm, I'm very thankful for our first responders and the things that they do for our communities and how they can help, how everybody contributes to the community. And any way that we can honor those individuals, I'm all in. And I want this to be a, you know, as much, you know, the veterans are going to be in attendance. You know, I, I'm hoping they're rooting for us, but not all of them might be. Sure. I just wanted them to really understand how much we appreciate not just the veterans, but the current people serving in our military. And I thank them for everything that they do, and our program thanks them. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said, Coach. Uh, and as always, Coach, we appreciate your time, and best of luck on Saturday. Thank you. Go Rams. Absolutely. This has been the Ernie McCook Show on 95.9 The Big Dog. This has been the Ernie McCook Show. Brought to you by Captain Bender's Tavern in historic Sharpsburg, Maryland. Tune in every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on 95.9 The Big Dog and streaming on the 95.9 The Big Dog app.